Well, happy Aloha Monday. It is December 21st, uh, just a few days away from Christmas. I'm Ryan Kalei joined by Yanju Denise. And of course, this is Spotlight Hawaii. Yanju, great to have you back here on this Monday morning uh, as we continue on in our discussions of how COVID-19 has impacted uh, not only the health of our community, but also the economic side and taking uh, another deeper dive into those who are struggling with unemployment questions. That's right. We already see the questions coming in. Thank you so much. And we were going to get to those as many of those as possible. Always a popular guest. We have the head of the Department of Labor and Industrial Relations. That's Anne Pereira Eustaquio. Uh, she's joining us now from her office. And we've got a lot to talk about, not only about the current benefits, but also what's happening in Washington and how that could impact people's benefits for 2021. So, Anne, thank you so much for starting uh, uh, the week off with us. Let's start with the basics. Where are we in terms of outstanding claims? and what's still being processed by the department. First of all, thank you for having me. I know that um, everyone is excited about the new year and um, what's happening with unemployment insurance, how it's gonna affect their benefits. And some of those benefits um, were reported at some point that it was coming to an end. I wanna let everyone know that um, we are still currently working on the PEUC claims, that's where we see the most backlog right now because we have over 90,000 claimants right now on PEUC. And then we still have claimants who are waiting for adjudication um, issues to be determined so that they can either move on to PUA or collect benefits on regular unemployment. And so what is continuing to be some of the issues that you're seeing with the backlog that's causing uh, this delay in, in these unclaimed uh, or, or these claims that are still being processed? What, what are some of the things that you're seeing that are holding this up? So on PEUC, what we're seeing is many, many claimants have unreported earnings or what we call overpayments for the second and third quarter of 2020. Employers are starting to report their quarterly wage reports to us, and that's why we're only seeing it now that they have reported earnings for claimants who filed for benefits. And during those weeks, those claimants did not file any earnings when they filed their weekly claim reports. And so now we are finding those overpayments and those earning issues pop up. And those need to be addressed prior to us moving individuals onto PEUC, because if we do not address those, um, they have not yet expired or exhausted their regular claim, and they should not be moving over to PEUC until those overpayments are addressed. I want to dive into some of these questions. A lot of people are asking about what's happening in Washington and how that's going to impact benefits. Are they going to have to reapply? Uh, Kenneth Takiue says, will we have to reapply for poor unemployment after extension by the Fed? So we're seeing all this happening in Washington. We know that they're still, you know, drying the ink and actually writing the bill as we speak. But what can we glean from what we know so far? So I can tell you there has been no written bill yet that we've seen. They're still in session voting on whatever package they're going to pass. We did see prior written um, draft testimony of different actions they'd like to take. We have heard, and this is just very preliminary because we haven't seen the bill, but we have heard that they are going to be extending PEUC as well as PUA up until April sometime of next year. We are also hearing that there may be a FPUC package, one like we had that ended in July of 26 of, of this year, we'll have a 
FPUC package of probably $300 a week for maybe an 11 week period. We're still waiting to see what that looks like. We also, once the bill is voted on, and then if it is signed by the president, then we will have to still wait for guidance from US Department of Labor on the rules and regulations of these new programs and how to go about administering these programs. And so we know that in the past, uh, when this was rolled out, there was, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, there there was guidance that had to be uh, provided from the department, the, the labor department, uh, and then just internally being able to get things in order. How, what is that process going to look like, do you think, in terms of once the bill is signed, how long it would take for Hawaii residents to actually start seeing some of those benefits roll out, kicked over to them? Right. It really just depends how complicated these new packages are. If they are purely an extension, um, it'll probably be a month or two. If it's more than just an extension, it could be longer. Um, we have to realize we are working with an antiquated mainframe system. Those programs have to be programmed onto the mainframe system. If there's a gap between the FPUC that ended in July and one that starts up, say, the new year, then that will be a pretty um, tough program to, to program into the mainframe because now there's, there'll be a gap between um, when the last payment went out and when the new payment goes out and how many total weeks of FPUC it'll be. And we're hearing that it'll be 300 and not 600 this time. So it may seem like a very simple process just to change a date and change an amount but it's really not that simple. And we'll just have to wait and see from the guidance we receive from US Department of Labor. And just for those, those folks who don't know all the lingo, FPUC is the plus up that um, people had received before that extra $600 uh, per, per period. Now we're looking at per, perhaps $300. Right, sorry, that's correct. That's the extra $600. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I wanna bring in some other questions, uh, Alvin asking, um, I will only use four weeks of the 13 weeks by December 26. Uh, will the extension allow me to use the rest of my PEUC weeks? We are hoping that's the case, depending on how the bill is written. But we're hoping that individuals who are on PEUC right now and have not exhausted will continue to receive the additional weeks, not just the 13, but the additional weeks that they add on. And then from there, as long as we're triggered on EB, move to EB at that point. Um, Deborah says, no one has addressed my back pay. I, I have gotten through four times and still no one has called me since February. How many people are in that kind of a situation where they're, you know, having to deal with something that's lasted this long? Because that is an awfully long time to be waiting. Right. That's a long time since February. That's probably before our pandemic even. Our pandemic started March 1st, 2020. That may, must be an issue that was outstanding prior to the pandemic. Um, that is not really good to see, <laughs> you know. Um, not too many claimants um, have problems that way back. We are starting to tackle more of the more current problems, um, some that we're now looking at July and August um, for those issues that are outstanding. So that, yes, February is a long time and that's not really good to see. So I, I'd like to tackle that one if possible. You know, we want to also ask a question of just the personnel that you have working with you. We know that the CARES Act funding did allow for you to bring on adjudicators, for you to set up these different centers, if you will, in various locations, uh, in the convention center, in the state library. 
to assist with just the, the workflow and the overall capacity of what you folks are capable of doing. With, uh, of course, we know we're still waiting on Congress, but uh, with what was supposed to expire at the end of this year, how are you folks planning to move forward heading into 2021, uh, knowing that there might be some limitations in the amount of people that you have uh, available to work and help you through some of these claims? Right. So you know that we had a contractor who has both a call center and an adjudication center um, until the end of the year. We only had CARES Act funding to cover that until the end of the year, as well as the federal government had um, waived a requirement for us to only hire merit-staffed individuals, meaning those who are actually um, employees of the government. And so that merit staff. Um, exemption ends at the end of the year, and we will no longer have CARES funding. But we do have some funding that was put on the side specifically to tackle a problem once the end of the year comes around. So we are opening up a call center here in Hawaii. It's going to be at the Hawaii Convention Center. We plan to have about 105 individuals working in that center, as well as other individuals who are here at the office who will be also assisting at that center. We're hoping that we can tackle a lot of the problems that maybe the call center right now can't tackle because we will make sure that the individuals we hire are trained up so that they can solve issues there and then when they get the call. You know, the last time we were here, we were talking about potentially doing some kind of WebEx appointment so that people could talk to an adjudicator, at least, you know, see a face to a face, if not in person. Have you given any more thought to doing any kind of um, meetings, either via the internet or in person, uh, so that people can work these issues out? We're still not moving towards in-person, but we, we are looking at a program system right now that can handle appointments and then either have it on the phone or through a WebEx system. So we are looking at a um, application that will allow us to do that at some point. I want to go back to the call center if I can, because this is sort of a, a new announcement that you're making right now, a, a announcement of this call center. What is the time frame for that? When does that look like that will be set up and, and when will that number be provided? Will that be a different number for what people can contact and call? Yes, so this is the first time we're announcing it. We posted all of the positions on our site last week, Thursday, um, but we had not made a public announcement of, a, of it yet. And so this is it, yes, we're gonna have a call center, 105 individuals. We're looking for individuals here in the state of Hawaii. Um, you are going to be stationed at the call center. We're hoping that um, it'll start on January 4th or shortly after that, we have been giving special accommodations by the governor to go ahead and move forward with this project. It is a temporary project um, initially for six months. And if we have, um, or so can, can secure additional funding, we'll be able to extend the um, project. Uh, Laura Liz has a question at 1037, Ryan. She says, do you advise we go ahead and apply for EB rather than wait for the PEUC extension to trigger on? What do you advise people who have, you know, who are in that sort of a circumstance? You know, I, I really don't know, to tell you the truth. Uh, we don't know what the package is going to offer. We don't know if what's going to happen is if you file an EB and you're on EB, if they'll, the package will require you to stay on EB and then move on to the new PEUC program once you exhaust EB, or if they're going to have us convert anybody who's on EB to the new 
PEUC package and then to EB after that, we'll just have to wait and see. If they require those who are EB or start EB to stay on EB, then they wouldn't be able to get the second PEUC package until after that. And there is going to be an end date for PEUC, I'm sure, for the second package. Okay. You, you know, we also want to briefly discuss, if we can, just some of the, you know, we talked about the in-person support uh, and that we had, you know, just virtually that you saying that you're still taking a look at that. But there are people who are calling and asking and, and actually have come down to your offices and looking to speak to someone in person. Uh, how are you managing that as we kind of continue on through this pandemic for those that would like to meet with somebody in person and have that face-to-face -face contact? So right now there will be no face-to-face -face contact. Um, it is really an issue of crowd control and fairness to everyone. So I wouldn't be able to just take in those who come down and offer them help and not offer everyone help in the same manner. I'd like to be fair all the way around. We do have um, right now the call center who does use what we call the CTS lines or the limited English proficiency line. So if you call and you need assistance in that manner, they are required to bring on an interpreter to help those who need it. We are also going to have that at our brand new call center here um, at the convention center. And hopefully we will at some point get up that software program that we're looking at to schedule an appointment and see individuals through a web app application. What's the wait right now for the PEUC uh, determination? Paula Arles, uh, 1043 says, why are people who haven't had issues uh, receiving UI benefits pending over 10 weeks for PEUC? It just seems so long for determination of MD. Why is this transition taking so long? What is the wait right now? If you've had a claim waiting for that long, it's probably a pending or earnings issue. Those are what is that those are the issues that are holding up the monetary from running. We can't run the monetary because once you run the monetary for a PEUC, it starts the PEUC application. And if you haven't yet exhausted regular benefits because you have an overpayment or an earnings, we cannot run that monetary determination. Okay. Uh, another question that we have is about overpayment. Um, James is asking, does does nobody work at the benefit overpayment section? I've been relentlessly calling for the past weeks and either get a voice, uh, get this voice mailbox full message immediately or rings constantly and says the voice mailbox is full, uh, full message. Uh, can you describe sort of the overpayment issues and, and what's happening in that area? So when James says he's calling the overpayment area, that must be an area where we call special activities and they handle fraud and um, fraud overpayments normally. So the overpayments because of the PEUC process and regular claim process is being handled by our regular adjudicators, not the fraud section. And so that is not the line to be calling the overpayment fraud line. It, the regular unemployment insurance adjudicators who are also handling many other issues, separation issues, misconduct, voluntarily left issues, are also handling the overpayment issues. And Mark Flores has a question that I actually wanted to know too, which is how many adjudicators do you have right now? How big is this team? How many claims are they being able to process in you know a day or a week or whatever metric you're using? So I can't give you the exact number because it changes daily. We have people coming and going. It's not an easy job. 
We've just had four leave last month. We have another four leaving this month. Um, we bring we have um, a recruitment going out shortly for additional adjudicators. So anyone have any of that kind of experience out there, please um, go ahead and apply. It's a tough job. You have to make a determination on benefits um, through fact finding through an employer and a claimant. Make sure those fact findings are accurate because then they go to um, due process to appeals here hearings um, if either party appeals that decision. And so we have adjudicators statewide on all of the islands. We also had the attorneys who were also um, brought in to volunteer and help us with adjudication. That um, pool is now um, becoming smaller. We are closing part of the convention center and that's where they were stationed. So once that ends, we'll probably lose the adjudicated um, attorneys who are helping us with those issues. But we are in the process of hiring additional adjudicators. You know, I think that there is, just looking at the comments here, uh, a lot of just concern and people who are afraid that the end of the year is coming up uh, and that they are still pending and that when this end of the year happens, they won't be able to receive any benefits uh, should they be able to resolve what is sort of holding this up. Can you speak to that about the process of if these individuals who are still waiting, uh, if they will still be able to receive some of these benefits uh, as they continue to wait for their claims to be settled? Right. So... I'll be speaking from the point of view that we haven't gotten the bill yet, and I'm not quite sure what the CARES Act bills will be, the new bills, and whether, you know, for sure these programs will be extended. But um, prior to this new bill coming out, the programs do end at the end of the year. So December 26th is the end of PEUC and PUA. But that does not mean that we will no longer pay out weeks prior to those dates. So say you still have a claim pending and we haven't paid you your PEUC yet because it's waiting it's waiting either an overpayment issue or an earnings issue and December 26 comes around you won't receive any benefits after de December 26 so benefits for January, February, March, but we still can pay you for those weeks you've already applied for for PEUC in the new year when I want to go back to sort of the numbers issue, I know you said the adjudicators, like the actual number is in flux, but how many claims are they actually having to sort of go through and, and how long does it take to resolve an issue Like an employer says, um, you know, you, you quit and you say, no, I was fired. And, and, how, and how long does it take to actually work something like that? And how many do you actually have to process right now? So I could tell you there's thousands to process. Um, it changes every day because every single day week that a claimant files a weekly claim certification, they could throw up another issue, an adjudicable issue. So I filed this week, I didn't accept work, an issue gets popped. I filed next week, I didn't accept work, another issue gets popped. We could clean up those two issues, but the next week, somebody else files up for that week and an issue gets popped. So every single week it changes. But what happens is an adjudicator has to reach out to both the claimant and the employer they have to provide them with 48 hours to respond. Once they respond and there's different information from each party, they have to reach out to them again to clear up the differences in information they receive from each party and provide them another 48 hours each to address those differences. And then they must make an adjudicatable issue, provide them with due process. They have to write up the issue, the fact finding, and send out the determination. Once that determination is received, both the claimant and the employer can appeal. 
then it can go to the appeals hearings office to be heard. I mean, this just sounds like an enormous process. So how many people do you actually have working on that? So I don't have that exact number. Like I said, it's statewide. We mm -hmm. do have people coming and going. Uh, we hired a bunch of um, adjudicators when this all happened. It, it is not an easy job. They um, are having a hard time. There's lots of federal regulations and statutes that have to be followed in order to make a determination. So many of them have left. Um, and that's why we're in the process of hiring again. You know, when we look at going into next year, there are some economists that we actually spoke to that say that 2021 may actually be worse for the economy overall because of we'll see, you know, the, the trickling down of or, or, or maybe the cease of federal assistance, which, again, we, we're in this flux right now as we kind of wait to see what happens. Right. Uh, but what is what is the state sort of doing, I guess, looking forward, knowing that there are many people who will continue to be unemployed heading into next year? Uh, those right. unemployment benefits may not be available to them. How then is the Department of Labor sort of looking for alternative options to help support those individuals who are still out of a job and, and needing help? Right. So we do know that once those benefits are done, um, individuals are going to have to start really seriously looking at getting back to work, even if their employers that they're still attached to have not yet called them back to work. And so we do have a workforce development division here, as well as a workforce development council who works on workforce activities, um, finding jobs out there for individuals, helping to make sure that you provide them with avenues to get trained if they need new training, to um, push them in the right direction. We also work um, very closely with the AJC, the American Job Centers on every island to help individuals um, either brush up their skills to find new work or help them look for jobs that are in their field that they can continue to um, provide for their families. You know, I'm just reading through some of these comments and it's hard to, um, first of all, there's so many acronyms and then also there's just a lot of frustration. Can you tell us, you've done this for us in the past and I would really appreciate it if you would tell us the different programs that are available and sort of where, where people should be heading based on their own circumstances. Correct. Okay, so we have regular benefits, 26 weeks of regular benefits. Majority of the claimants um, have, if they haven't, are right now exhausting those 26 weeks of benefits. Many of them have moved on to PEUC. PEUC is a pandemic um, extended unemployment compensation and P PEUC is for 13 weeks. PEUC could be extended with the new CARES Act package that they're looking at voting on today. We're hearing that it could be extended for an additional 16 weeks. So that would give us additional benefits for those who who need it and right after peuc there is eb eb is extended benefits 20 it triggered on in may of 2020 it triggered on because our unemployment insurance rate here in hawaii had more than tripled it is um, a program that will be triggered on until hawaii reaches lower than five percent unemployment insurance it's an additional 13 weeks of benefits after peuc once that ends there is no additional programs we also had at some point it was called fpuc it was the 600 dollar plus up that everyone received we are also hearing that that plus up will um, 
come back in some way. We're hearing about thirteen—I mean, about three hundred dollars a week for eleven weeks, and so we'll just have to wait and see what those new packages um, bring us. And then, what about PUA? Where does that fall into this? So PUA um, is a program that is basically for those who are self-employed, as well as those who were disqualified for regular benefits because of the 10 related COVID reasons. That program was effective March and you could backdate to February if you could prove that your self-employment had been affected by COVID at that point. It was um, until the end of December as well. After December 26th, that program is supposed to end as well. We are also hearing with the new CARES package that it will be extended till mid-April, so another 16 weeks as well, just like PEUC. And after that, there is no benefit. So you cannot receive EB if you were receiving PUA. Okay. Thank and you again, for that. <laughs> and again, all of this could change within a few days, right? Because of the fact that new language could be coming out and would have to force you folks to, I guess, adjust in some of these deadlines and, and how these claims are going to be filed. We know that initially, one of the problems was, was many people were filing duplicate uh, claims and they were going in because they maybe made a mistake or that because they wanted to make sure that there's was processed that they went in and they did another one using a different email and you had to go through all that backlog. Is there any concern that that could happen here in this situation again, as you roll out maybe a funding for this new uh, CARES Act that will be coming out? How are you going to try to mitigate that from potentially happening again with people thinking they have to go back in and create a whole new profile for this new uh, CARES Act funding that could be released? So I think we learned from that experience. So we had um, initially, when the system was experienced a very, very heavy load. And we were very afraid that the mainframe would crash and we wouldn't be able to process any claims. So what we did is we spun up a manual. It was actually a upfront. It was automated for the claimants. It was one of those forms and you would fill in the forms. It wasn't where you would go in and actually create your um, application through our web application online. And that's what created all of our problems because if they went in through the regular route and signed on and created an account online through our web app, it wouldn't have allowed them to create mm -hmm. a claim with a wrong social security number. It wouldn't have allowed them to create two claims with different addresses. It wouldn't have allowed them to create a claim not letting us know all of their employment. So what happened was that form, it was an automated form upfront for the claimants, but back end it was all manual. And it we have lots of checks and balances on the mainframe and the web application that won't allow you to do that. But since we were um, in a crunch and we were worried about the mainframe, we allowed that to happen. And we definitely won't do that this time. You know, I just wanna give you a little praise here. Loki Lani says she's doing an amazing job trying to help claimants and we really appreciate you coming on here. We do, uh, you know, answering all of these questions. I wonder if you've seen, We've had safe travels now open for some time. And of course, with the holiday season, you do expect a little bit of an uptick in temporary employment at retail. Um, what are you seeing in terms of the claims, the number of claims filed? And can you tell us the nature of the kind of claims you're seeing? We're still seeing a lot of claims. I can tell you majority of it is fraud. Most recently, starting from around November, 
Thanksgiving. The, the fraud has been much more than we've seen even in the beginning in March. And we're trying to mitigate the fraud right now. That's our big problem, trying to determine which claims are real and which claims are fraudulent. That is our biggest problem. I think the other problem is, you know, the unemployment rate seems to be going down. And that unemployment rate is determined on a survey that's taken. Um, and that survey is very skewed. And so that survey doesn't take into account all of those individuals still on unemployment moving to PEUC, the 13 additional weeks, that's not taken into account. So none of those individuals are determined to still be unemployed, as well as those individuals who are still temporarily attached to the employer, what we call partial, but they're not really working. They're not receiving any hours and they're on full unemployment, even though they're partially um, receiving benefits and partially attached to the employer, they're not considered unemployed either. So they're not considered in that rate um, that is um, reported by U.S. Department of Labor. And so we're still seeing quite a bit of claims come through. So what do you think the true unemployment rate is then if, if you know, all those people are not being counted? Yeah, you know, I really couldn't tell you. We don't have a process internally to do that because we always relied on the survey. It was pretty accurate. Now we're seeing that because so many individuals are partial and so many individuals are moving on to a program that never existed before, you know, the PEUC and PUA never existed. So they don't take those um, counts into effect. And so it's it's much higher than what, what has been um announced in the news, though, I can tell you that. You know, as we sort of wrap up here, we do want to just allow you an opportunity to just have a final statement here. Obviously, a lot of people are still waiting. There's still a lot of frustration in the community. It's holiday season. Uh, you guys have been dealing with this for nine months here as you sort of uh, head up into the, this next year. Uh, what is sort of your message as we kind of close out here of the year and, and for those who are continuing to wait and, and voice their frustration here? I know it's hard, it's it's the holidays, and I know everyone is um, in a crunch and they would like to see their claims cleared up. We're trying our best we possibly can. I could tell you my staff is at the point where um, they've done everything they possibly can. They're working to their limits. Um, we ask for help. We ask for those of you who are out there who can apply, who can come here and work with us. We have 105 positions that we're opening up at the call center. We're gonna be opening up more positions for claims examiners. We need the help. The team here is exhausted. They've been working since March, nonstop, eight hours a day. Some people, 12 hours a day, Sunday through, through Saturday, they, they are giving all they possibly can. They have the same issues everyone else out there has. They have childcare issues. They have issues of being scared because of COVID. They have issues of elderly parents who live with them and they're afraid to bring something home to them because we all work together. We're all here. There's hundreds of us all working in the same area and we have constant contact. We need the, more help. So please, if you're out there and you can help and you can come and you can apply and you We'd love to have you come and help us. We're trying all we possibly can. I know it's hard. I know you're having a hard time. I could tell you that we're doing the best job we possibly can. And please, please try and be patient. I know it's hard. I actually have friends as well who are going through the same thing, friends and family. And um, we just, we have to make sure that we're following the rules and regulations of the department. Because if we don't, 
we could lose compliance with the federal government, and then that could jeopardize our program even worse. And we don't want to do that. We want to be here for the people of Hawaii. So please stay safe, take care, happy holidays, and I'm hoping to get everything done as fast as we possibly can. Okay, and thank you so much for being with us this morning, and we appreciate you. Have a wonderful holiday, and we will see you next month. We're going to do this all over again. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so Aloha. much. You all take care. You too. Aloha. Bye-bye. Wow, Ryan, you know, you just hear so much emotion in her voice in that last response about how hard she and her team are working. And on the other side, we read your comments and we see all the frustration. You know, everyone wants to get to the right place, but there's obviously a lot of hurdles to getting there. And it was interesting to hear her talk about just the influx of fraud that they're seeing um, and just how that's higher even than when March, when all of this first began. Yeah, definitely something that is sending them back. But the good news, as she announced today, that they will be setting up that local call center where she, you know, asked at the end for those people who would like to apply to be a part of this process uh, to help out at that call center, a local call center that will hopefully be able to relieve some of the issues that people have. Uh, we know that there are many people who have said they've tried to call and they aren't getting any calls back. And so they are looking at ways to not only continue to work on the backlog end, but also to try to help with those who are continuing to call in and ask for help and assistance. As she said, they are also dealing with the fact that they want to protect their staff. Uh, so in-person sort of meetings where people can go down to the office and get their answers, uh, you know, get answers to their questions will not be happening anytime soon. And so this call center will hopefully be a way to help alleviate some of that backlog. Yeah, and they're also looking for new adjudicators because they have a lot of cases and it sounds like they have um, quite a few departures as well. Some hope though that she's outlining not only with the call center but also with the CARES Act, the idea that there could be a $300 plus up and an extension of benefits for 11 weeks or 13 weeks, I'm not sure exactly how long, but uh, that was very interesting to hear and an extension of PUA as well perhaps. So all eyes on Washington now as we wait to see what they come up with. Yeah, and again, it's it's sort of in this limbo period as we sort of await to see what exactly that bill looks like and then how it's actually implemented. Again, we know that uh, the Congress can sort of put this together and then it is up to the Department of Labor to actually then uh, put all of this into logistical sense and how this gets out, how this gets facilitated, putting those rules together. So there's a lot that will have to be done in a small amount of time in order to get the relief out to those, uh, like many people out there who are continuing to uh, seek help during this very difficult time. Uh, we will continue on in our conversation again with Anne next month. So we look forward to having her back here and hopefully getting an update on where we're at with that funding. Uh, on Wednesday, we will continue on in this conversation. We're going to change things up just a little bit. We're going to be doing more of a panel discussion to help provide a global perspective. We know that this is an issue that has not only impacted us here locally, but uh, really throughout the world. And we'd like to hear from those who are covering those stories on the ground and bring it to many of you in your living rooms as well. We're gonna be speaking to some correspondents from uh, ABC News, uh, including those foreign correspondents in London. We know that there's a lot going on in the UK and a potential, this new strain of the coronavirus. And so we will be getting updates from different reporters really throughout the world uh, and getting their take on what's happening. Yeah, and hopefully what's happening there can help to inform what we do here. Uh, and then we have no show on Christmas. We're taking Friday off, but we will be back here on Monday next week, a week from today, with Governor Ige, and then Wednesday with the head of Oceanet uh, talking about rapid saliva testing and what that could mean in the fight against uh, COVID-19. So a full slate of shows, and then January, we've got even more guests lined up. 
That's right. And we uh, will continue to try to get those guests that you want to hear from. So please let us know uh, who you'd like to hear from. Of course, uh, the director of labor here is always a popular guest and we always get requests for her. So we'll continue to try to get her on uh, as, as often as we can. And we thank her for her time once again for answering your questions. Uh, until Wednesday, we uh, ask you all to continue to stay safe and we'll see you right back here at 1030. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs>